0: Hello everyone and welcome to the NFL Week 4 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, I'm recording this extremely late at night uh, because if you watched today's episode of Guys and Bets, you watched me eat a habanero pepper, which was a lot hotter than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I mean I'm good with hot stuff, but man, that put me out of commission. <laughs> that almost killed me. Uh, It was, I mean, it wasn't like the hotness at the start, like in the mouth, that was fine. Even by the end of the show, I I was fine with that. Uh, I think I made a big mistake in not eating anything after at all. Like I didn't eat for like four hours after I ate that pepper. So I went back to my desk after the show and I just sat there and my guts just slowly starting to, started to hurt more and more and more. Uh, And then I just came home and I just passed out for like two hours. Uh, So that was a rookie mistake, just eating the pepper by itself and then just not eating any food whatsoever. So just the pepper by itself went through my guts and just wreaked havoc. Um, But I'm good now. Uh, It was a painful experience in the bathroom, not to get into any too deep details, but I think it's passed through my system. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, so let's get into this episode of the podcast. Obviously, uh, it, you guys know uh, this is the NFL episode, so this is all NFL. I'll be giving out my best bets for every single NFL game of week three. Quick note about that, though, is that uh, with the Titans and the Steelers getting postponed due to corona, uh, I actually don't have a pick for that game on this, uh, on this episode because books don't have lines out for it yet. It looks like they're going to play the game either Monday or Tuesday uh, but nothing's been official, so because it hasn't been official, sports books don't have any odds out for it, so I don't have a pick for that episode on the show. I am still going to bet on it, though, as soon as it, uh, it's announced and as soon as a line is released. I will tweet out what my pick is at some point. Uh, so usually all the picks that I do on this show are my official picks, and th- these are the picks that I go by for my record, but since lines aren't out for that game, uh, for this one Titans and Steelers game, my pick that I tweet out will be my official pick for that game. Uh, if it's actually not played until Tuesday, if it's not played till Tuesday, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to give my pick for that game on the Tuesday morning episode of the podcast, but I think it's going to get played on Monday. So if it's being played on Monday, I'll just tweet out what my pick is at some point between now and then, and that'll be my official pick for that game. So I'm still going to bet to all uh, 256 games. I'm not going to miss any, unless there's games that in the future that get cancelled, but let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, we're going to break down all my picks. Let's give a little review for last week. So last week I went 8-7-1 and one for plus, I think, .55 units, I think it was. Uh, so my first profitable week of the NFL season uh, if you don't remember, I lost, what, like four and a half? I went six and ten week one, so bad week one. I went eight and eight week two, so I like lost half a unit week two. And then last week, I basically just gained back what I lost in week two. So I'm just still trying to catch up on the, my week one losses. Um, but let's review. Let's go through every game really quick. Now, I don't want to become the kind of guy who just cries bad beat every time they lose a bet. I kind of did it on Twitter today, On I think it was on Sunday night, and I kind of regret doing it because I don't want to be that guy. It just sounds like you're making excuses. But, but, uh, six of my seven losses, to be fair, were within one score. So I had a lot of stuff happen late in games that screwed me. Uh, but something I do need to realize, and that I have realized, is when I'm betting 256 games, I have 16 bets locked in every week. Well, less than that once we get into bye weeks. I'm just going to have a couple of bad beats every week. It's just kind of unavoidable. So I need to accept the fact that bad beats are going to happen. But this week was an especially bad week for them. Um, I'll go through them here. But once again, I just I don't want to be, become the guy that just cries bad beat all the time. Because that's, that's just kind of annoying, to be honest. Uh, but let's start with the Thursday nighter. Um, Thursday nighter. What was that last week? Dolphins, Jaguars. I hit that. Dolphins plus three. I uh, kind of call that game right next Falcons minus three and a half. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this game. I don't need to get into that game anymore. I think it's a bad beat. I had some guys on Twitter argue with me that this wasn't a bad beat. How is a team that's up? What, what, what were they up? 16 points in the fourth quarter and then they lose outright. How is that not a bad beat? I don't, I don't get that. Teams just normally blow 16 point <laughs> leads in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was a bad beat beat in my opinion. I, uh, I won't get into it. I've, I've ranted about that game enough. Uh, Bengals plus 5.5 versus Eagles. That hit, obviously, because it ended in the tie. Texans plus 4 versus Steelers. I didn't count this as a bad beat, uh, but it was within one score. Whether I think the Texans lost by either 7 or 8. So, I mean, even a field goal late in the game, a meaningless field goal by the Texans would have uh, gave them the cover or maybe the push. I forget if it was a 7 or 8 point game. Um, so, I wouldn't necessarily count that a bad beat. By the way, there was one point... Uh, I think it was, like, in the first... I think it was, like, when the games were in, like, the third quarter of the early afternoon games. <laughs> There's a... Like, I looked at all the scores on my bets. I felt like there was a chance I might have gone 8-0 with the early afternoon games. I looked at all of them. I was like, ooh, what? Ooh. Falcons were up big. I think Texans were winning at that point because I think they were winning at halftime. Um, all of them, like, even the ones that I, like, I was losing is only by point or two. I was like, oh, damn, I might go 8-0 here. And then a lot of them collapsed late as I'm kind of getting into... Uh, Patriots minus six versus Raiders. They ran away with that one. Uh, Rams plus two down twenty-eight to three. I don't know if this is a bad beat. I called it a bad beat on Twitter. Twitter, but to be fair, they were down twenty-eight to three, but then they came back and made the got the lead. The reason why I think it's a bad beat is because the kind of last uh, uh, play, the couple of plays that happened there. Um, I think there was two plays on the Bills' last drive. That should have ended it, but there was at least that one play that they called pass interference on fourth down that was extremely questionable. Um, I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was pass interference, so I thought I should have won that bet. But to be fair, they were down twenty-eight to thirty. So um, regardless, uh, the end of that game was a stinger, especially because Rams plus two, I had them at even money, which would have been a great little win. Uh, 49ers minus minus four over the Giants, they crushed the Giants. Kind of called that happening, too. They ran all over them. Titans minus 2.5 versus the Vikings. Uh, di- I didn't call that a bad beat either, but, I mean, the Titans won, but didn't cover a 2.5-point spread, so that's also a stinger. But I wouldn't call that a bad beat because they kind of, like, won late on a field goal or something. Uh, Browns minus 7 versus Washington. They crushed Washington. That was a good win. Panthers Chargers over 43.5. half. Um, who was it on the Chargers who on the hook and ladder was it Eckler on the hook and ladder like if he would have just caught the pitch on the hook and ladder he would have had a walk-in touchdown uh, which would have hit the over on one I think it was the last play of the game and still there's a lot of weird stuff that happened the second half I thought that over should have hit uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a stinger but I think it was a hit an over that should have hit so that was lost Jets plus 11 that was my one really bad bet that was the one game that uh, was not within one score of hitting. Actually, to be fair, if the, if Jets would have scored like a late touchdown and gone for two for some reason, it would have pushed because uh, of what they lost by 19, right? So an eight point play. So technically you could say it was within one score, but I'm not counting as that. That was a bad bet. Jets stink. Jets are just absolutely terrible. That was a bad bet on my part. I will admit that Cowboys plus five or Seahawks. I also tweeted out there was like six different things near the end of the game uh, that if all them, if any of the what happened, Cowboys were going to cover the plus five. Like uh, if they would have converted the two point conversion on their uh, late touchdown, um, if they if the um, what what was it? Uh, Seahawks were going for two and they didn't get it. Was that before the Cowboys scored their touchdown? I think it was before the Cowboys scored their touchdown. Seahawks, was it? Is that, is that am I remembering that right? They went for two, didn't get it, but they had a roughing the passer penalty, so then got to go again, and then they scored. Um, and then if the Seahawks would have just ran down the clock and kicked a game-winning field goal instead of scoring a touchdown, the Cowboys also would have covered. If I'm remembering this correctly, I mean, I've had a lot of concussions and I've smoked too much weed in my time, so my memory's terrible. But I know there's a lot of stuff that all went against my way for Cowboys not to cover that game. So that was a stinger. Uh, and then Lions plus six hit, kind of call that game, which uh, I took that money line. Bucks-Broncos under 43.5. That was a game I got very lucky in, to be fair. I'll admit when I get unlucky, I'll also admit when I get lucky, uh, only five points in the second half and Bucks-Broncos for it to stay under. Uh, that was uh, amazing luck. I thought that was, uh, I counted that bet as a loss basically at halftime and it ended up hitting. So to be fair, that was uh, lucky. Packers plus 145. I finally hit a money line underdog. I'm glad I took the Packers there. The Saints stink. Uh, And then Chiefs-Ravens over 54. That was also a stinger. Uh, I mean, that should have went over. uh, There was a missed extra point. If that was in, then I would have hit it. Uh, I pushed, so at the end of the day, it's not the worst beat in the world. I mean, I'll take a push over a loss, obviously. Also, the Chiefs could have kicked a field goal there at the end, and they just ran a play on fourth down instead. Um, so a lot of weird stuff happened in the second half for that over to hit. Also, it was kind of funny, because if you listen to Tuesday's episode, I was referencing the game, because it was on, I was watching it in the background as I was recording, and I kept saying about how the how great the over was looking, and how that was basically locked in. Uh, so I jinxed myself live on the podcast. Um, so I mean, it, despite only going 8-7-1, I feel like I had a pretty good week of handicapping. All my, all, like, most of my wins were easy wins. Dolphins were easy. Bengals, okay, not Easy, but, I mean, it hit. Uh, Eagles, I guess, if they would have scored a, an overtime touchdown, that would have sucked to win by six. Uh, Patriots hit with ease. 49ers hit with ease. Browns hit with ease. Lions won outright. Uh, Bucks Broncos didn't hit with ease. That was a lucky one. And then Packers hit with ease. So, like, my wins, I'm do- I'm winning by a lot, and most of my losses, I'm barely losing them. Like, if I had two or three games that would have just had a lucky bounce my way instead of against me, I would have had a fantastic week. Uh, but that's I won't complain anymore. That's that's my thoughts about last week. I thought I just got unlucky more than more than I got lucky. So I'm happy with how I handicapped the games despite only going 8-7-1, but it was a profitable week at the at the end of the week. Half a unit. Uh, but I'm still aiming if I get that 10 and 6 week this week, I'll be basically back to even, I think. Uh, especially if I hit my money line underdog cuz spoiler alert, uh, I have a an aggressive money line underdog pick for this week. So there you go. That's my recap uh, for last week's games. Uh, Like I said, I'll tweet out my pick for Titans-Steelers, or if it's on Tuesday, I'll just give my my pick on the Tuesday episode of the podcast. That's all I have to do uh, to talk about. Now, let's finally get into my picks for NFL Week 4. This is the NFL Week 4 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alright, enough of that chitter-chatter. Let's start with the Thursday night football game. Broncos-Jets, which I mean everyone's saying it, it's not a secret. Is this the worst matchup possible in the NFL right now? I can't think of a worse matchup. Uh, at least with the Giants, I mean, you have Daniel Jones. It's a little bit of an interesting story. Also, I don't think the Giants are as bad as some people think they are. Um, Broncos just riddled with injuries. Who's played? Brett Ripkin? Ripin? Rippin'? Rippian? Um, Rippian. Sam Darnold stinks. Adam Gase is going to get fired after this game. I, I, yeah, I can't think of a worse possible matchup. But I'm not gonna. I'm still. I'm gonna try not to complain because at the end of the day, we had no sports five months ago, so I, it is football. I jokingly tweeted out on Twitter today asking if I can get an excuse for not betting all 256 games and if I can have a pass on this one. Oh, obviously, wasn't serious. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I. I don't. I, I. Who knows what's gonna happen? If I were to take a side, I was, I was gonna lean Broncos. But what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna take the under 40. That was also Joe's pick on today's episode of Guys and Bets. Uh, he is on the uh, under as well. I mean, that it's got to be the bet to make, right? Uh, some people on Twitter suggested I take a player prop, but as of Wednesday night, at least on Bovada, uh, the player props aren't up yet. Uh, I thought about taking the over three and a half field goals, which is a prop bet I did uh, a handful of times last year. Uh, I think I would have taken that if that was up, but it wasn't. And uh, the under probably is the right play. Um, these two teams are third last and dead last in points per game. Denver only scoring 15 points per game. Jets are only scoring 12.3. I just can't imagine a world where this is a high scoring affair. Denver's defense, by the way, not terrible. 12th in opponent points per game, allowing an average of 23.3 points. Jets down at 28th, but I think the Jets defense is better than that. Uh, they just get no help from their offense. I mean, they're exhausted by the end of the game because the Jets just go three and out and just screw them over. Uh, but on paper, I don't think the Jets' defense is all that bad. If I had to pick a side, like I said, I'd go Denver. Because um, we have no idea what we're going to get from this Brett Rippian guy. I got a side, kind of like him. I got a soft spot for Boise State just because they have a two two reasons why I always have a soft spot for Boise State. Their blue field, which is just an insane decision to make to have a blue field. Uh, and then what was that? The Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. What year was that? 2008? Seven? No, it was after that, right? 2012? I have no, 2010? I have no idea. But that was one of the greatest football games of all time. Uh, so Brett Rippian, with him coming from Boise State, I kind of like him already, even though I haven't seen anything, but every now and then we do get a random quarterback who comes out of nowhere, gets a start, and for some reason lately it's been in prime time too, and they actually do well. Uh, thinking of Nick Mullins last year, his first game I'm pretty sure was a prime time game, and he did really well. Duck Hodges for the Steelers last year, uh, did really well in a prime time game in his first game out. Uh, both those guys kind of stunk the rest of the season, but, um... You never really know with these quarterbacks. And a big part of it is because defenses don't really know how to, don't really know their tendencies, don't really know what they do well and what they don't do well. So it's kind of hard for defenses to game plan against these unknown quarterbacks. So Brett Ripping could have a good game. We'll see. Uh, but regardless, I'm not going to take Denver. I'm just going to go ahead and take the under. It's probably the best bet to make. Moving on to Sunday's action. we going to start with the Cardinals and the Panthers. I am going to take the Cardinals minus three and a half. The juice is actually at even money too. So some good juice. That's what I got it locked in at. But before I give my pick for the game, I'm just going to give a little stat line here. Tyler Murray this season has thrown four touchdowns and five interceptions in the first three weeks, and he has a quarterback rating of 79.7. Hmm. Damn. Isn't it crazy? Everyone thought that he was going to be like an MVP caliber quarterback this year? Hmm. I wonder if there's anyone out there who kind of called him not being good. Is he not good? I mean, five interceptions... Hmm. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hmm. Hmm. But I'm still going to take the Cardinals because uh if the Cardinals can slow down the Panthers passing game. They should win. And the Cardinals are actually eighth in opponent passing yards per game and seventh in opponent completion percentage. So they're good against the pass. They should be able to slow down the Panthers offense. Uh, Panthers offense is basically just all the pass, or pass only. Teddy Bridgewater is carrying them now that McCaffrey's out. Uh, Panthers are probably a little bit overvalued after beating a a not-so-great Chargers team last week, so I'll take the Cardinals, minus 3.5 at even money. Ravens against Washington. I'm going to keep fading Washington because they stink. Not afraid to take the big spread here at 13 points. By the way, the juice is minus 105. Uh, 26th in points per game, 30th in offensive yards per game. I don't think there's any way they can keep up with the Ravens offense. I just don't see it. Also, as far as the Ravens offense goes, it it is a good matchup for them. Washington's pass defense is actually very good. Uh, Fifth in opponent pass yards per game, but the rush defense isn't nearly as good. 22nd in opponent rushing yards per game. Uh, And obviously you don't need me to tell you guys that the Ravens offense clearly evolves around running the ball. Fifth in rushing yards per game, second in yards per rush attempt. So the Ravens should be able to run the ball down Washington's throat, and their defense is good enough. They should be able to stop uh, Dwayne Haskins, who is a complete bum. He's a bum. Uh, also, I'm not a big motivation guy when handicapping games. I really don't like it when guys are like, oh, this team's going to come out hot. This team doesn't want to lose two games in a row. You know this team's going to try really hard because you know, there's no way this team loses twice in a row. Uh, as if teams, as if players actually can like take some games off because they're not, it's the NFL. They're all playing as hard as possible. It's professional sports. Um, but in saying that, I actually do think the Ravens, I mean, you got to think they're going to come out firing after getting embarrassed by the chiefs. So I just completely contradicted myself. I mocked and made fun of people who use motivation as a factor and, and then immediately right after cited motivation, I'm a fucking moron. Uh, regardless, regardless, I'll take Ravens minus 13, minus 105. Hey, dude, there's no way this team's going to lose twice in a row. Nope, they're going to come out hard today, I tell you. Cowboys minus four and a half, minus 115 versus the Browns. Despite breaking my heart last week, I'm back on the Cowboys this week, and I think this is my best bet of the week. Uh, it is my best bet of the week. Minus four and a half, minus one fifteen against the Browns. Also, Cowboys are at home. Kind of surprised the spread was this small. Browns' offense revolves around the is it revolves or evolves? Evolves around the run game? Because I said the I said the Ravens, their, their offense evolves around the rush, the run game. And now I'm saying the Browns offense revolves around the run game. I don't know which of the two words it is. Who knows? They like to run the ball. Uh, They have to run the ball. It kind of sets up the pass for them. But despite the Cowboys being terrible against the pass, they're somewhat competent against the run, 10th in opponent yards per rush. Um, And also, don't forget, I mean, I did just kind of shit on the Cowboys' defense, but don't forget the Cowboys have played against three very good offenses in the first three games uh, in the Rams, Falcons, and Seahawks. So I expect their defense to put on a better performance on Sunday against a much weaker offense. Also, Cowboys' offense first in the NFL in yards per game, 4907 that's an insane, they're almost averaging 500 yards off of the game. Browns are 20th down at 346.7, so I don't think Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense will keep up with the Cowboys. I'll take the boys to cover minus four and a half, minus 115, and then we're going to the Colts against the Bears. Uh, I am going to take the Colts on the road as three-point favorites. Uh, it was all the way up a plus 110 at Bovada tonight, uh, which is kind of like, Usually you don't see juice like that on a spread. Usually once it kind of gets past even money, then they adjust the spread instead of the juice. But regardless, I locked it in. Plus one ten Colts minus three. Huge note for this game that you need to realize before you place your bet, before you rush to the sports book and bet on the Bears, is that the Bears are going from the second worst defense in the league in terms of yards per game to the very best. Falcons, 31st in opponent yards per game at 463.3. That's who their opponent was last week, obviously. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts are at 225.3. Uh, and they're first in that category by a mile. Next closest to that is the Steelers at 290. I don't think enough people are talking about the Colts' defense right now. Uh, to be fair, who have they played? Jacksonville week one, Vikings week two. Uh, who? Oh, and then the Jets. So, okay. Yeah. To be fair, they played three. Uh, Pretty bad offenses, but still only 225.3 yards, uh, opponent yards of offense per game. That's pretty insane. My point still stands. I don't necessarily expect big dick Nick to be able to throw against the Colts like he did against the Falcons. He's in theory going up against uh, the second worst or the worst defense in the league to the very best through three weeks. Also interesting to note that the Colts are dead last and third down conversion percentage on offense, dead last. Now, is that an anomaly that will self-correct, or are they actually that bad on third down? Uh, I'm going to think it's an anomaly. I can't imagine that their offense is going to be that bad on third down throughout the whole season. So their offense is already doing good enough. So if they can start converting on more third downs, they're really going to get rolling. So I'll take Colts minus 3 at plus 110. Bengals, Jaguars. I don't really have a whole lot to say on this one. I'm just going to take Bengals minus 3, minus 115. Jaguars got exposed for who they truly are last Thursday against the Dolphins. Meanwhile, my guy Joe Burrow is looking fantastic once again. Went up against a very tough Eagles defense last week and managed to pull off a tie. Still hungry for his first professional win. Uh, I think he gets it here. Uh, I mean, there's no statistics that really stand out. Actually, there's one that I saw. Uh, Jaguars have the uh, highest opponent quarterback completion percentage. I think I saw... Did I see quarterbacks are completing passes at 80% against them? Um, I think I did. I'm just going to keep, keep talking while I look this up. Um, which would mean... I mean, who they take on? Phillip Rivers in the first week, second week... Titans? They lost to, I believe. And then they lost to the Dolphins last week. Uh, but the Jaguars do have a long week, kind of like a half bye week, since they played last Thursday. Uh, opponent completion percentage, yeah, dead last. Quarterbacks are completing at a rate of eighty percent, eighty percent against the Jaguars. who my guy Joe Burrow is gonna have a field day. So I'll take Bengals minus three, minus one fifteen. Chargers Bucks over minus uh, over forty three, minus one ten. Uh, both teams who played in games last week, that should have gone over in my opinion. They both finished under. I think 43 points is too low in this one. Tampa Bay is scoring 27.3 points per game. Chargers are down at 17.3, but I think their offense is better than kind of what they're what's showing up on the scoreboard. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a great game against the Chargers last week. and as, as, So as much as I hate to say it, Tom Brady is probably going to have a great game against them this week. Uh, P.S., the Bucks have had such an easy schedule to start the season. It's ridiculous. Who have they had? Panthers, Saints? And Raiders, right? No. Damn. Maybe they haven't had it. who Panthers, Saints, who's the other team the Bucs played? Wait, was it the Raiders? Who the fuck's the other they played Saints week one? And then they played Oh, who, who they just beat up on. God damn. My memory. I really had way too many concussions. Broncos, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. I already talked about that game last week. Um, yeah, Saints. And they lost to the Saints, who Saints are showing that they're not that great of a team, and then they beat the Panthers and Bucks. Congratulations. Or Panthers and Broncos. Congratulations, Bucks. They yucks. Um, I think their defense is going to start allowing a lot more points, but uh, their offense has been fine. So I'll take the over 43. Uh, I don't really have any other statistics to back this one up. It's kind of more of an eye test. Um, I don't really feel comfortable about this game whatsoever. I didn't like anything. I didn't like the spread. I don't really love the total. I'm just going to take the over 43. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, speaking of overs, uh, a lot of overs being hit uh, so far in the NFL. What What is it? Uh, 29 and 16 or something. I'm going to look it up. But one of the reasons why, and I noticed it during or I thought of it during the Monday nighter is that there's a lot less offensive penalties so far this year, especially holdings. Uh, yeah. So the over is 29 and 19 so far. Uh, so overs are hitting at a high rate this year. And I think it is because of less or a big factor is because of less offensive penalties. Um, some people are saying that it's because the crowds are, the lack of crowd is, are, is affecting defenses more than offenses because defenses kind of thrive off that energy, which could be fair, but that is something that you can't uh, quantify. There's no stat for how pumped up a defense is and how much that affects you. So while that may be true, you can't really quantify it. What you can quantify is. Penalties. Uh, Rob Pozzola, I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, I tweeted this out about penalties per game. Uh, it's really fascinating because in general, just there's fewer penalties just in general. Last year, there's 13.48 penalties per game. This year, there's 11.8, which I like. Fewer penalties, the better. Uh, I hate it when refs take over a game and just want to get screen time. Uh, but offensive holding is the biggest difference. Last year in 2019, there was 2.28 offensive holding calls a game. This year, there's 1.34, uh, so almost an entire holding call per game fewer. Um, and also, that's a dumb. It's always a dumb penalty because you could probably, if you go by the definition in the rule book, call an offensive holding on almost every single pass play or just play in general. So. When the refs call an offensive holding, if it's not completely blatant, I hate it because it's just useless. Um, And also I think, yeah, and one type of penalty that actually is up this year is defensive pass interference, 1.06 DPIs per game last year, 1.44. So obviously defensive pass interference Uh, is probably the type of call, the type of penalty that makes the biggest effect on games. Because, I mean, that could be a 50-yard penalty if it's a bomb from the 50-yard line down into the end zone. So, I think that's why, that's at least a portion of the reason why we're seeing so many overs hit this year. So, because of that, and that's one of the reasons why I like the over 43. I think 43 is kind of a low number between the Chargers and the Buccaneers. Speaking of overs, I'm on another over. Next game, lions saints over for fi- over fifty-four at minus one fifteen. Just gonna plug my nose and take the over in in, in this kind of game. Two terrible defenses, twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh in opponent points per game. Drew Brees still has a noodle arm, but it doesn't really matter because Alvin Kamara just carries the offense on his back. Uh Breeze has seven hundred and sixty yards passing so far this season, but like I feel like one hundred of those have seven hundred and sixty, the ball's in the air. He just he just like throws it five yards and then Alvin Kamara carries it for like another sixty. Um, yeah, is fifth in the NFL in receiving yards right now, and he's a goddamn running back. Fifth in the NFL in receiving yards, and he's a running back. (laughs) I mean, that just goes to show, I mean, Breeze is, yeah, 760 yards passing, but probably only 100 of those are actually through the air. The rest are yards after catch. Uh, nothing else really to say about this game. Bad defenses. The, I think the spreads were just about right at four. Gun in my head. I'd take the lines plus four, uh, but I'll take the over 54 instead. Minus 115. Seahawks minus seven, even money versus the dolphins. Uh, don't let last weekend's offensive output fool you. The dolphins are still 26th in yards per game, 23rd in points per game. And much like the Cowboys, the Seahawks bad defensive numbers might be a little bit misleading considering they've played against the Falcons, Patriots and Cowboys in the first three weeks. So, Two extremely good offenses and then one very good offense in the Patriots. Uh, So this is the first kind of bad team that the Seahawks are playing. So the fact that they've played as well as they have with, you know, kind of a tough uh, first three games of the schedule is impressive. So I expect a blowout considering this is the first bad team they're playing. Russell Wilson is cooking. Uh, My preseason prediction about him just snapping this season and being an MVP candidate is coming to fruition. He's the sole NFL MVP favorite right now. He just can't miss. Miami's defense, 26th in opponent yards per game, also. So, good luck keeping up with the Seahawks, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Seahawks minus seven, even money. Vikings, Texans. Uh, so, heads up, by the way, this bet I placed at Bet Online because Bovada did not have a lineup for this game yet. But I'm pretty sure Vikings have all tested negative. So, as far as I can tell, this game's still a go, right? This game's still being played on Sunday. I'm going to assume so. So, this bet I placed at Bet Online. I'm taking Vikings plus 5, minus 115 against the Texans. Now, my gut feeling is Texans. I want to take the Texans here so bad, but I just can't, and for one main reason alone. Texans are allowing the most yards per game on the ground so far this season at 188.3 yards per game. They're also 27th in opponent yards per rush at 5.2. Meanwhile, Vikings destroying teams on the ground. They're just running over everyone despite uh, not having a win yet. Eighth in rush yards per game at 146.7. And first, very first in the NFL in yards per carry. An astounding six yards per carry. Now, to be fair, that might be because they're playing catch-up in every single game. And when they're playing catch-up, teams are playing pre defense. And then they just run the ball and there's kind of no one in the box to stop it. I will be fair, that could be playing a factor, but regardless, the numbers are the numbers. They're running the ball very well. Uh, so I expect the Vikings to run well against in this game as well, considering they're going up against a team that can't really stop the run. Uh, also, Bill O'Brien continues to be a moronic play caller. Uh, I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. He deserves better, but alas, I'm not going to bet with my feelings uh, Vikings, I mean Vikings have been bad, but I'm kind of surprised they're getting five points here. So I'll take Vikings plus five minus one fifteen. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Giants plus thirteen minus one ten versus the Rams. This is the um, I hate it so much bet of the week. Uh, but as bad as the Giants are, I don't think they're as bad as teams like Washington and the Jets. Um, I'll take the points here. Plus, I mean, thirteen points is a lot. Uh, but I said that last week when I took the Jets plus eleven, and we saw what happened. But regardless i got a couple other reasons why giants are 17th in opponent points per game 13th in opponent yards per game so their defense hasn't been half bad pretty average defense um and also yes they did get blown out by the 49ers but don't forget they were kind of right there with the Steelers, barring a few bad turnovers by daniel jones against the Steelers. they could have even won that game and then they almost beat the bears in week two uh they had a chance there what fourth and goal there in the last play of the game and they just didn't convert so if Daniel Jones can stop turning the ball over, they have a real shot to cover here. 13 points is a lot. Also, with the way the Rams have been playing this year, which is a much more of a slow down, game management, run the ball style of play compared to last year, uh, that's kind of just a like run the ball, run the clock out kind of style. It might be tough for them to cover uh, in a 13 point spread. Um, they actually have the most rush attempts per game in the NFL so far this season. Even more than the Patriots and the Ravens. Uh, so they just run the ball, they're going to run the clock down, their game management, uh, dump it off. So I mean, I feel like a team that plays that kind of style, it might be hard for them to cover a 13-point spread. So I'll take Giants, plus 13, minus 110. Whew. I thought I was over that habanero pepper, but uh, my guts just flared up again. Oh boy. I really uh, bit off more than I can chew with that habanero pepper. Pardon the pun. Uh, Bills and Raiders, I'm going to take the Bills, minus 3. Minus 110. All right, Bills fans. Bills Mafia. I apologized on Tuesday for calling your team a potential dumpster fire. I'm a believer after what happened last week. I'm a believer in Josh Allen. Blowing a huge lead and then still winning the game at the end. That shows grit. Something the Falcons definitely do not. So I'm all about it. Josh Josh Allen, to be fair, still makes some dumb mistakes. But that's part of what makes them so exciting to watch. Also, the Raiders' defense is atrocious. They're giving up 406 yards per game. Meanwhile, the Bills are fourth in offensive yards per game at 434. People still have the Saints game in the back of their head for the Raiders, so I think we're getting a little bit better value. But I think that game was more about the Saints stinking more than the Raiders are great. I'll take the Bills, minus 3, minus 110 in that one. Then we're moving on to the Chiefs. Minus 7, minus 105 versus the Patriots. Patriots obviously run the ball a lot, third in NFL rush attempts per game at 35, first in rushing yards per game at 178. Big reason why I like this bet, Uh, The Patriots offense is so interesting this year because they kind of run a Ravens style of offense a little bit. But what's different is instead of using the speed, the Patriots kind of use more of like a power running type um, of rushing offense compared to the Ravens that use like a spread type of running style that utilizes speed. So Cam Newton kind of runs quarterback powers. Lamar Jackson runs options and quarterback sweeps. Uh, the Patriots dump it off to Bulldozer Rex Burkhead. The Ravens kind of dump it off to more speedy wideouts and running backs. So it is really fascinating to compare the Patriots offense with the Ravens offense, and why am I making that comparison, but then also taking the Chiefs, because, well, we saw the Chiefs shut down the Ravens offense last week, so I expect them to do the same against the Patriots. Also, Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. I know that. You know that. Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's, it's a it's truly a gift that we can watch Patrick Mahomes in his prime right now. It really is. I mean, I don't want to make any outlandish um, um, remarks here, but I think... Is it too early to say it's kind of like watching Michael Jordan in his prime? I don't really know. I'm not old. Enough. I wasn't old. I'm not old enough to watch Michael Jordan in his prime. Uh, I was born in '92, so I was like a baby when he was winning championships. Uh, but I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Every single week, week in and week out, he does mind blowing things, and his o- the o- the offense is just unbelievable. Uh, by the way, Patriots, they are giving up the fourth highest opponent quarterback completion percentage, seventy two point two two percent. Uh, So if if, who who have they played against? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Russell Wilson, and uh, Derek Carr. Uh, So, well, if Derek Carr and Ryan Fitzpatrick can contribute to a quarterback completion percentage of 72.22%, Mahomes should be able to pick them apart. I'll take them minus 7 at minus 105. Next game. If you have not noticed, I haven't given out my underdog money line alert because it is in this game. So underdog money line alert, underdog money line alert. That's right, you might be thinking, but Ian, you've given out all the afternoon and late afternoon games on Sunday. That just leaves you with the Sunday night game. That's right. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles money line plus 255 against the 49ers. So I'm getting real aggressive on my money line Underdog this week. Finally hit one with the Packers last week, but that wasn't a huge one. Plus 145, I think it was. Plus 125. Um, so now that I've hit one, it's time to get aggressive. If there's ever been a time to buy low on a team, it's the Eagles right now. Yes, their offense has looked horrendous. Terrible. Brutal. No excuses for their offense through the first three weeks, but they still have the tools there. I'm trying my best not to put too much stock into a three-game sample size. People, remember, it's a three-game sample size. So, put your thoughts in your head about how you thought about the Eagles offense preseason. And now think about them now. It's only been, let's remember, it's only been three games. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not ready to um, completely say they're done yet. It's three games, people. Three games. If this was... Uh, if this was Major League Baseball, would you give up on a team that uh, wasn't hitting a ton of home runs after three games in the MLB season? No. I get there's only 16 games in an NFL season, so it's a little bit different, but let's let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes on how bad the Eagles' offense is. Let's give them a few more games to see what they can do. Um, Yeah. Also, the 49ers haven't announced a quarterback yet, but if it is Nick Mullins, i love this bet even more. Yes, he's looked good so far in replacing Garoppolo, but don't forget he put up some absolute stinkers last season. Also important to note, the Eagles still have a very good defense. They've given up the fifth fewest yards per game this season at 330.7. They're also ninth in opponent rush yards per game at 106.3, and we know the 49ers base their offense on the run. So, I love the money line underdog in this game. Um, in the Capper Cup, I am going to have Eagles plus seven as one of my best bets because, uh, I mean, you can't do money line picks in that game. Also, in the bet online contest, they'll probably make Eagles plus seven one of my picks. Um, I'll probably regret not just taking the points. I'm sure they're going to probably lose, but cover the spread. Um, but I promised a money line underdog this week. I want to get aggressive this week, and I love this spot. I think there's a lot of value there, plus 255. I'm not ready to kill Carson Wentz in the Eagles' offense just yet. It's three games, people. Three games. That's all it's been. Right? All right, so there you go. Monday night. Monday. Monday nighter, uh, Falcons-Packers. I'd be real stressed about this game if I was a Falcons fan still. Uh, and regardless, uh, I mean, I'm still going to have to end up cheering for them despite me not being a fan because I am going to take Falcons plus 7.5 at minus 115 uh just this is kind of the when I'm talking about the Packers now this is kind of the opposite of my feelings about the Eagles Packers offense has looked unbelievable so far but but three game sample size I'm going to if there's a time to buy low on the Eagles it could be time to sell high on the Packers maybe probably not a good time to do it this week when they're going up against the worst defense in the league but Maybe they're not quite as good as everyone thinks. Man, don't crown them like NFC champs just quite yet. Uh, realistically, it probably is going to be an offensive shootout. The total right now is at 57 points, which is scary for me to take it over. Uh, I just can't. I mean, I should. I should just not let that uh, change my mind, but 50, 57 points is a lot. Um, so I think it's going to be an offensive shootout, and usually in offensive shootouts it stays within a touchdown. So we're getting that hook. That hook might be key. Um And yes, the Falcons' defense absolutely blows, but their offense is good enough. I think they can keep the game in reach, maybe. Um, But, I mean, in general, I just don't really want to talk with the Falcons too much. I'm still mad at them, but I'm going to have to find myself cheering for them as a better instead of as a fan on Monday night. But I'm sure they will find a way to break my heart, even though I'm not even a fan of theirs anymore. Falcons plus 7.5, minus 115. There you go. Those are my picks for NFL week four, barring the uh, Titans Steelers game. Uh, I'll have my pick either out on Twitter or on the Tuesday morning podcast if the game ends up being on Tuesday. As far as my thoughts on that game on general, in general, I have no idea because we have to wait to see what the spread is. I only guess uh, the Steelers are gonna be big favorites because the Titans will not have practice as much, and if that is the case, then I will jump all over all over the Titans. If the spread's somewhat close, I'll probably take the Steelers. But there's no way to tell because we don't know what the line is. Um, So let's quickly recap my picks and then that'll be the show. Uh, So, Broncos, Jets under 40, minus 110. Cardinals minus 3.5, even money versus Panthers. Ravens minus 13, minus 105 versus Washington. Cowboys minus 4.5, minus 115 versus Browns. That's my best bet. Colts, minus 3, plus 110 versus the Bears. Bengals, minus 3, minus 115 versus the Jags. Chargers, Bucks over 43, minus 110. Lions, Saints, over 54, minus 115. Seahawks, minus 7, even money versus the Dolphins. Vikings, plus 5, minus 115 versus the Texans. Giants, plus 13, minus 110 versus the Rams. Bills, minus 3, minus 110 versus the Raiders. Chiefs, minus 7, minus 105 versus the Patriots. Eagles, underdog money line alert, plus 255 versus the 49ers. And then Falcons, plus 7.5, minus 115 versus the Packers. By the way, I'm, what, 8-1-1 one and one with my primetime picks, so uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, primetime McMillan, I'm about to start calling myself here. Um, and I've said in previous NFL episodes that I'll give out my best five bets, so I'll give out the five picks I'm going to put in the uh, odd chart cap or cup. Uh, if you're one of those guys that like to tail me, uh, but you don't obviously want to tail 16 games, uh, so I'll just give my best five. I think I went 1-4 last week. Uh, on in the Capra Cup, uh, Lions I think was the one that I hit. Uh, lost the over and charters, uh, charters Panthers lost the Falcons, Cowboys, and there's one other. I mean, they're all close losses like I talked about in the intro. Uh, so top five bets. Um, Cowboys are gonna be one minus four and a half. Eagles are gonna be one plus seven. Um, I should have figured out what my best five bets are before I recorded, but uh, I'm just going to quick. Giants plus 13. I think, yeah, too many points. That's going to be one of them. So that's three. Bah, bah, bah. Patriots. I want to take the Patriots there. Definitely not taking the Falcons. Uh, Bills minus three. Uh, maybe. Vikings plus five. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Seahawks minus seven. Yeah, Ooh, Bengals minus three. That's gonna be one of the picks. Uh, so what am I at right now? Three, three or four? Uh, do I want to take the Broncos Jets under forty? Damn! Really should have figured this out before I started recording. Um, okay. This is what I'm going to do. Cowboys minus four and a half is going to be one of my best bets. Colts minus three is going to be one of my best bets against the Bears. Bengals minus three against the Jaguars. Giants plus 13 and then Eagles plus seven. There you go. Those are my five best bets. That's going to be my capper cups, cup picks. And that's the end of the episode. Best of luck, everyone. Good luck with your picks, whether or not you, whether you tail me, whether you fade me, whether you just make your own picks, whatever you do, best of luck. Actually, if you fade me uh, bad luck to you, sir, because if I give you good luck, then I'm giving myself bad luck in return. So uh, regardless, I love you all and I will see you next Tuesday.